tonight's episode of Eureka Cast Now. Encryption. It's how you hide your data. But how is it really hidden? Who encrypts the encryptors? We learn about this and more as we bring you updates on the upcoming InfoSec conference HogCon, the story of how two cybersecurity titans would reshape the internet forever, and the obvious question, why is Groundhog Day celebrated by hackers? program as an artistic work of fiction and falsehood. The views expressed in this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the broadcasters or the management thereof. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Eureka Cast. Now I'm glad you're here. This uh, my name is Kai Hubris, and I'm the lead media disruption developer over at Tech Brothers uh, Laboratories. And with me, as always, on this excellent episode of Eureka Cast Now, uh, where we discuss the latest news in science, but also technology, is Professor Rowan Meadowlark. Hey there, Rowan. Hello, and may these messages be received by only those with the spiritual and private key to understand them. Exactly. So today we're going we're gonna to be talking about something that, well, it's on all of our minds, and that is encryption. Encryption, it comes in a lot of different forms. It, uh, it, it is applied in lots of different ways, especially in my area of expertise, which is media disruption developer. But today we are T- minus four days from HogCon 2022. HogCon 2022 is one of the premier hacking, uh, the premier hacking events, conferences, um, one of the premier InfoSec conferences in all the United States and some may say even the world. But I guess the question is... Where the story? What is the story of of HogCon? You know what I think right now. You're going Hog. You're just running full speed into this story, into um, <clears throat> our discussions. Well, uh, Rowan, I like it. I like this. I like this energy. I like this can-do attitude. Well, Rowan, HogCon is not something to joke about. No, you seem quite somber. As a matter of fact, um, HogCon is a very big deal, and it and it's basically it's uh it's created the world um as you know it many people don't realize this but hackers have shaped the world that we live in now um and hogcon was a big part in that story right and i mean it it does um just to clarify hogcon of course is the major info sec information security conference that happens once a year exactly um in various places all around the world yes, uh, it's, as well it's as non centralized it's non centralized it is virtual um it is in person it is outdoors so there's an uh, essence of of sunlight and getting back to nature to some extent um but yeah, it's the biggest one. Uh, the only other real competitor is, of course, DEF CON, which happens in Las Vegas every every summer. Um, and and, the, and sort of the story in the hacker community is all the posers. They're the ones that are going over to DEF CON, whereas the real hackers, or as they call themselves, hoggers, uh, head over to, uh, to HogCon every year. Well, let's hear more about HogCon. Sure. So this story uh, starts as every good story does with a hacker. Uh, this hacker and, and Groundhog's Day has, of course, become synonymous with with infosec. But uh, but the hacker's name was uh, was Alex Gore. 
So I have these these slides. You can see a picture of Alex Gore here. This is a more recent picture, but it all started with it all started with them. Uh, in 1993, Alex Gore, uh, known by his online alias Hogswell, saw a film that would change his life, and that was the 1993 Bill Murray movie Groundhog's Day. Rowan, have you seen this film? Um, I have not. I'm not actually a huge fan of Bill Murray. He has a, mm. a smug air that does not um, does not uh, uh, digest well for me. Mm-hmm. Well, many many individuals, including Wes Anderson, will uh, will disagree with you. Well, I'm, I, I and I would have to respectfully disagree with Wes Anderson. <laughs> I believe it's Wes Anderson. Um, so saw the Hilt film, and uh, I mean, in the history with uh, with Groundhog's Day is is complex. There's lots of different details, but but ultimately, I think a lot of people, and especially you know, 20 years later or so. A lot of people, and next year's going to be a big day because next year's going to be the 20th anniversary of, uh, of uh, or 20, is going to be the 30th anniversary of of, uh, of Groundhog's Day. So I'm really excited about next year. But um, everybody sort of agrees at this point that, that uh, and it was written, Groundhog's Day was actually written as a hacker allegory. Really? Yes. It's, Could you elaborate on that? Well, um, it's, unless you are a hacker, it's kind of hard to explain. But uh, But the process of, of reliving, you know, day to day recreating code. Right. It's uh, loops. Mm-hmm. Loops are really big in code. So wouldn't Looper be a uh, um, a much more interesting hacker movie for for movie for hackers? Um, I mean, it would be, except it wasn't. It, that just wasn't, you know, a, a hacker allegory like Groundhog's Day was. It's all about the culture here. So right? let's let's move on. So of Groundhog's course. Day comes out in 1993. Yeah. What that? What next? What after that? Well, that year, um, there was also the first ever in a. And I said this previously, but there was the first ever of another uh, notable notable hacker conference, and that was DEFCON. The first DEFCON took place in 1993. And, and DEFCON, for um, I, I am not super terribly familiar mm-hmm. with coding or hackers, but mm-hmm. um, having colleagues who are involved in this, um, it is worth noting if you didn't realize, but DEFCON – um, for the benefit of the uh, listeners, very, very sort of uh, uh, a raunchy, debased sort of exactly. event. Exactly, it's raunchy, it's debased, it's uh, it's it's primitive. Um, and lots of people. It was the first one was a sort of an invite only mm. or ordeal. And I'll tell you who wasn't invited to that first DefCon. Who? Alex Gore. And this would be a huge sticking point. Um, so when Alex Gore didn't find out until a few months later, about m- a month afterwards, that he wasn't invited. Um, so he just he uh, devised a plot to really show the hacking community um, that he meant business. Well, it's it's a delicious irony that a hacker um, excluded from a group of hackers would hack him way, his way into mm-hmm. the group of hackers. Exactly. Well, hack his way above the group of hackers, oh, okay. um, as 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 we'll see. Um, so at this point, of course, it's also important to notice that Groundhog's Day is an event sort of lost its momentum. Um, so, you know, this group of hackers wanted to change um, change that. So Alex got a bunch of his closest friends together, um, and they devised a project. Mm. It'll go on in infamy. That project is was called Project Get Him to the Hog. This is a project that took place between 1993 and 1994, um, about six months in total. And the project, and the project, well, was to uh, it, it was sort of a challenge, and the challenge was to get our favorite, one of our favorite individuals, not my favorite, well, far one of from the, far from my favorite. I would say the hacking community is one of the fa- their favorite characters, and and that would be, of course, uh, Bill Murray. Bill Murray, yeah, it was to get Bill Murray to uh, Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, 
uh, to the Groundhog's Day celebration through a series of, uh, of, of by taking advantage of several social and te- technological and systematic vulnerabilities mm-hmm. and you know various systems. It was a huge undertaking. It took eighteen total people that first year, and well, they were successful. They showed up that one day. All eighteen of them were there to see uh, to see what would take place. It was just them. They were hanging out. They were having you know discussions. It was sort of a celebration. And then, what do you know? And they predicted it. Bill Murray showed up. He was there. He was very confused. He thought he would be on the set of another one of his large movies at the time. And, and he shows up to uh, to the Groundhog's Day celebration. Of so this group, so this group of hackers yes. essentially managed to uh, through their machinations mm-hmm. to get uh, Bill Murray to show yes. up and uh, uh, seemingly under false pretenses, right? Falsifying information, paying drivers, all sorts of things like that, right? And it should be noted, Bill Murray's a great guy. He he super yeah, impressed. I, I, I don't want to have a program where we say that he's a great guy. <laughs> I don't well, want to. I don't want to, I like to contribute to that. I like to. Uh, I like to state factual information. I like to, you know, promote science and fact here. So I, I have to say that Bill Murray was super great about this. At least this particular event. Oh, oh, fair enough. Um, he he, you know, gave him a, gave him a, a handshake. They all bought him a beer. Um, it was a nice. It was a nice event. Now we talk about two thousand five, nineteen eighty five, which was the next year. Uh, they decided to do it again, and now word had gotten around right. that that this had taken place, and that they wanted to do it again. So the get him to the hog, nineteen ninety five, commenced. Um, this time, a hundred they had a hundred people when they needed a hundred people because Bill Murray was a little bit more a little more wary. Yes, I mean he in nobody's ever, in nobody's dreams would you have imagined this is something that could take place twice, you know. Um, but but still, Bill Murray had gone through it. Um, they need a little bit more of a sort of complex systems to to really get him to where they wanted him to go. Additionally, other organizations sort of helped fill in. I believe they had a sponsorship from IBM. They had some other sponsorships from some other organizations. It was you know something that was going around in the chat rooms. And well, and back in the day too, the, the, these companies were more willing to play around and exactly. sort of uh, have a little bit of fun with some of their money. They weren't necessarily as monolithic and uh, and dead uh, dead eyed as they are today. Exactly. And what do you know? They did it again. They got Bill Murray to Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, and they they got him. They got him to hold the groundhog this time. Really? Yes. Um, Any word on the the trick or the chicanery that that allowed them to pull this off? This this time it involved some some rerouting of flights, mm. um, and again paying off various people. It's very expensive to trick a man like Bill Murray into into going to uh, Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, when he. Despises it so so much uh, for for the third time in a row. And this is the second time. Oh, I'll tell you about the third time though. Nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six was it was a fun time because every, people have had heard about this. It's been going around the chat rooms. At this point, it was really especially even the people at DefCon were like, "Oh boy, yeah, we got some competition here." Mm. Um, so more than a hundred people uh, were involved. Hundreds of people around the country were all working together uh, uh, at this point, and it should be also known that. Groundhog's Day. It's not something that is limited to Puxatawney Phil in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania. There are Groundhog's Day celebrations all across the country. Specifically, another big one was um, in Dunkirk, New York. Um, and, well, a few hackers in that local in the local New York area decided, well, why does, why does Pennsylvania get all the fun? We have, a hog, uh, we have a hog celebration here. Let's start our own hog con here with 37 individuals. They were able to 
competing against the hundreds of people trying to get into Pennsylvania, they were able to instead reroute an international flight to New York, hmm. get him in a taxi to Dunkirk, New York, where he attended that hog con. And this was 96. This was 1996, just two years after. Mm. When this took place, people around the country realized that well, the, the real power of Hog Con was that it wasn't one in one location like Defcon would be. What like Defcon would be, every single place wherever there's a groundhog, there could be a Hog Con. It's just a matter of uh, of, of making it happen. So uh, so this would keep this would just keep happening. It would grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, the the next notable year is 2003 when Bill Murray spent uh, seven months, seven months before he he got out of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, he wanted to be as far away from the United States as possible. And they were still able to get him over to the United States. And is it worth – I want to ask, between yes. 1996 and 2003, were mm-hmm. those just failed attempts or did were, did they manage to get him to show up to each one of these? No, they were able to get him every single time. Uh, so 2003 then, what, what went from there? Well, it, at that point uh, – it should also be noted, Bill Murray, again, a factual statement. Bill Murray's just a great guy. I disagree. He has a real humility for this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, so he sort of put up with it. But uh, by 2003, 10 years later, it had really started to get old. So he he started making great efforts, taking great efforts to avoid this from taking place. And they still were able to do it. They still were able to you know, get a, get a bag over his head, get him on a plane, and bring him over to Springfield, Illinois that year. The next year... 2005, he refused to leave his room in Los Angeles, California. He had a house. He has a house in Los Angeles, California. He he hunkered down there, California, known for their lack of groundhogs. Um, he hunkered down in his bed. He refused to he refused to leave his bed for the for that whole week. Mm-hmm. And so you know what they did? What they do? They were able to get a groundhog to burrow through his floor. Really? And they held a ground. Yeah, and they held a hog con right there in his mansion. Absolutely incredible. <clears throat> and it should also be noted it's not just this whole Groundhog's Day experience um, it should be noted that, that sort of groundhogs have historically been uh, sort of connected to hackers in many different ways groundhogs are sort of nature's hackers um, and you sort of see the comparison so you have a groundhog mm-hmm. I don't think I can see the comparison no there, there, so there, but what, what, let's, let's continue through this there's a groundhog yeah there's a groundhog right uh, it's a burrowing animal it, it, it works with other groundhogs to make this sort of series of, of dirt tubes below the ground. And you know what else it's able to do? What's that? Predict the future. Okay. Sort of like a hacker does. Well, thank you very much, Kai. Um, oh, we're not done yet. Oh, no? No. Well, see, this entire show, um, it's such a big deal. This, this whole thing is, is, is so big. It's so, uh, it's so full of wonder and mystery. Um, but we're four days away, so I wanted to talk about sort of the lead-up. HogCon 2020, biggest one in history. Over the entire country, there were thousands of people attending different HogCons. Um, but of course, as we know, in March of 2020, everything sort of shut down, and, uh, and it really was looking grim for, the, for, for HogCon. Uh, ironic considering the whole idea of it being decentralized. You know, it would, seems like it would adjust rather well. Sure, and it and it was outdoors, but still, they don't want to take any punches. These are hackers. They are they're always they're if if anything, they're careful. So, um, that was twenty twenty. What happened in twenty twenty one? Well, in twenty twenty one, HogCon twenty twenty one went to the metaverse. 
as and and frankly, this is surprisingly one of the uh, one of the few conventions. DefCon couldn't even figure out how to do this, but because again, it was decentralized, we were able to uh, to get it into the metaverse, as you can see in this picture. We were you are you involved with this organization and uh, this event? Uh, Tech Brothers has been involved to varying extents over the years, especially in 2021. We were able to we offered some of our metaverse over to them to use certainly some metaverse space. Well, uh, I, fair enough, um, because uh, Simon Amy is also involved in this year's uh, HogCon, mm-hmm. the Simon Amy Institute of Spirit Science, putting out a new solutions for wellness. Right. So that will be exciting. Yeah, and in fact, the second half of this show will be uh, talking about HogCon 2022 uh, and what we are going to expect. So as we said, Tech Brothers is a part of this event. Simon Amy is a part of this event. This is the first year they are, and I'm very excited to hear what they're going to do. Well, the realm of biology and encryption is ripe for an intermingling, I would say. Yeah, and is particularly what's going to be very interesting is that this year, uh, HogCon has a theme. It's had a theme for the past few years. And this year, the theme is encryption. Encryption, which is the, the, ma- the method of, of changing things to make them more, more obscure, you know, uh, taking words and jumbling them up. Uh, to make them more secure. Um, that's what the theme is this year. Um, so we're excited to hear about all the, as we say, the uh, the new crypto or the other crypto. Um, what kind of exciting things are going to be taking place at HogCon surrounding this uh, this exciting field of, uh, of, uh, of InfoSec research? Um, and, and to be fair, encryption is such a large portion of hacking mm-hmm. and InfoSec and what have you. Um, that it is, um, you know, it's almost always the theme in a way. Sure, but more explicitly though, this year it's the theme, right? Um, well, thank you for that um, for that uh, uh, that that background, Kai, mm-hmm. on HogCon. Um, I don't necessarily think that um, that uh, you know, the, I, I, it, it kind of taints it now that I know Bill Murray is so thoroughly enmeshed in this project. Yeah, but, um, it's, it wouldn't be a HogCon a HogCon without Bill without uh, Billard there. Yes, but as part of encryption, we have to pay tribute to um, uh, the, the people who really brought it out into the market and really um, made it a mainstream sure, sort of. Sure, because it didn't start with HogCon. InfoSec has been around since the 70s. Right. And moving from the 70s to the 80s when businesses and individuals were in- getting more worried about computer viruses mm-hmm. – and um, malware mm-hmm. and uh, worms and what have you. Mm-hmm. There were two figures that established themselves as thought leaders, thought leaders, titans, heroes mm-hmm. of the encryption and antivirus world. Mm-hmm. And while we, I, I, well, truthfully, I don't know very much about hacking. Sure, I don't know much about encryption. Obvious. I don't know Entirely much about. Um, I, I frankly don't know. Quite as much about programming computers as you do. Blatantly obvious, embarrassingly obvious. I do know one thing. I know history, and I know how the tales of great men intertwine, and I know what how how fate and the cycle of karma mm-hmm. comes together in these things. So I want to share. Um, I my, my very quick story. I wanted to talk about Peter Norton, mm-hmm. John McAfee. And how these two masters mm-hmm. dueled, mm-hmm. how together they, they would shape the face of the internet. 
Right. They're cer- they certainly shape the face of what is pre-downloaded on laptops uh, in the 21st century. But more century. specifically, not how they shaped the internet, mm-hmm. but how they themselves were shaped by their own dark fates. Well, that sounds like a fascinating story. Well, well so, so our story begins in the 1980s mm-hmm. in a mystical realm, a misty mystical realm okay. known as Silicon Valley. There were two okay. sages who sat upon great towers and would protect the realms from ne'er-do-wells, cyber criminals, ancient monsters and beasts. Uh, yeah, computer viruses, malware. There was Peter Norton, the persistent, and John McAfee, the dire. Fascinating. Now, I'm not familiar with these titles. In their own way, they would each protect the humble villagers, programmers, of Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and the mystical glades held within. One, Peter, unyielding, and the other, John, gifted with the power of terror. Fascinating. Two sides of the same coin, keeping in balance Silicon Valley and the threats that would come through. But okay. but okay. as they went on, as they continued to do this, mm-hmm. the position gave them a degree of arrogance and hubris. So one day, mm-hmm. while the two of them were walking through a mystical glade, a misty mystical glade, uh-huh. after defeating a grand worm, they came across a beggar. They were they were together at this time. They they were they were talking. They were sharing the the stories of their latest conquest mm-hmm. and their their great victory over one of the, another foul beast. They were friends. Um, oh, how were they were friends? <laughs> the best of friends. So they come across this beggar in mm-hmm. the woods, and and the beggar reaches out his hand um, and says, "Please, sirs, have you any ram for me?" John. Uh-huh. The dyer was rude, repudiated the beggar, and said, You dare ask the great McAfee the terrifying? Begone with ye. His voice crackling with a dark fury. Who, what did you, who were they talking to? They were talking to a beggar? They were talking to a beggar, yes. In a glade? In Silicon Valley. <laughs> Peter, on the other hand, simply walked by. Paying no mind to the beggar, stalwart and as unyielding as ever. Mm. So they pass the beggar, mm-hmm. and as they just think that, that he, he's gone, he reads out in a very terrible, loud voice, Woe be unto you both, for in your arrogant hearts a growing evilness manifests. I curse thee both that your strengths be made to turn against you. You, Norton, shall become unto a plague on the world. Many will try to remove you, but you will always leave a stain wherever you may tread. And for you, McAfee, as you have dealt in fear, you too shall be dealt a pervasive terror that will haunt you until your last days. And before these two great men... This was in the 1980s. In Silicon Valley. Okay. And when they turned back, the beggar had turned to smoke. Who who recounted this story? Where did, where did, where? What are your sources, Rod? Well, it, these, these, it's less of a story and more of a, a fable and a prophecy, a prophecy which did come true. Uh, tell me more. I, I I can't. That's the end of the fable. But mm. since the prophecies have come true, mm-hmm. one wonders who was this powerful beggar, who was this strange, robed, decrepit man who laid down such a terrible curse. 
Well, I wish I could I could say, but I believe it's a fable, so I don't think they exist. Well, the answer is there's an answer. It was Richard Stallman. Um, Rowan, this was very. You have this. I'm I'm baffled by your what kind of knowledge exists in your head in terms of what you think infosec is i don't once again i, I as i made it very abundantly clear uh-huh. i do not know hacking i do not know infosec mm-hmm. but i know stories of great men and you know this story you've attributed this story to two great men that exist in the real world. Well, uh, this uh, Aesopian story. Two out of three of them still exist in the real world. And that, yes, that 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 is true. That's um, uh, hallowed be his name. Um, well, Rowan, with that, that was a um, that was an excellent story. Uh, I'm I think your creative your creative writing is really coming together. Um, it's uh, th- thank you, Kai. Thank you very much. But it's time to move on to the mid-show midterm. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in fact, this is a special mid-show midterm. Uh, Feynman files overlap, yes. which is very exciting. Exactly. So, um, it, since we uh, let's let's get to this pretty quickly because we we are running up a little bit on the first half of the mm-hmm. show. But a new book published by science historian Darcy Flambe titled Fine Print, Mm. has put forth, I'm not going to say it's a convincing argument, but has put forth an argument that Richard Feynman is involved in a uh, a, a historical mystery, Mm -hmm. um, uh, perhaps something that is less than uh, savory. I would say say less of a mystery, more of a crime. Um, Perhaps, perhaps. I guess they're one and the same, depending on who you ask. So uh, the question becomes... Which one of these events mm-hmm. has evidence that implicates Richard Feynman being involved? Mm-hmm. So the first ant question, and as we know, and let me just, Richard Feynman was one of the greatest physicists that ever existed, one of the coolest, most uh, most awesome physicists who, with his doodles, changed the face of physics forever. But he also might have been a criminal. Most yes, more than likely. So um, the first uh, option is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jimmy Hoffa's disappearance. And obviously, mm. if you've read the book, The Fine Print, then mm. this really isn't a question for you because you've already had it put, put sure. forward. But um, was Richard Feynman uh, um, implicated in the disappearance of mm. Jimmy Hoffa? We all know his views on uh, on the union. Certainly. Um the D.B. Cooper airplane hijacking. Yes, it was very, very famous unsolved um, mystery wherein a man hijacked a plane, took money, and jumped into the woods with a parachute, never yes. to be found again. Very, a very fine minion, uh, fine minion task. Um, the Black Dahlia murders uh-huh. go, goes without saying, yeah. and um, perhaps the most insidious of all, mm. the explosion of the space shuttle Columbia. Yeah, and this one's this one's very interesting. Um, because if you did not know, uh, famously, Richard Feynman was on the committee that helped uh, figure out what happened to the Space Shuttle Columbia, a uh, a space shuttle that in the 1980s did uh, explode in the middle of the air. Um, so if he's implicated in that, it's it be kind of an interesting mystery. It would certainly be a, uh, a very conspiratorial kind of idea. Yes. But um, – Like the death <clears throat> note. 
We are going to let you think about these Mm -hmm. for the next uh, 10-ish minutes Mm -hmm. while we play a little bit of music and take a a break. So uh, while we are uh, – just enjoy. Think about it and enjoy and we will be back. Hello. We are back. Welcome back, everybody. And it is time to uh, to learn the answer to our mid-show, mid-term Feynman Files edition. And frankly, this one, because it is a uh, Richard Feynman was known for his uh, his lock picking and, and hacking um, of his own extent. This one is sort of related to our show on HogCon today. Uh, certainly. <clears throat> and, and, you know, wherever there is someone who wonders how or why um, Richard Feynman will be relevant to that as well, I would say. Exactly. Um, so the question was, um, in a new book titled The Fine Print, mm. Richard Feynman is implicated to be involved in a crime-slash-unsolved mystery. And um, for those out there who have not read the book, the question was, which of uh, these four crime slash mysteries do you think Richard Feynman's involved in? Yes, there uh, are, of course, Jimmy Hoffa's disappearance, uh, the D.B. Cooper airplane hijacking, the Black Dahlia murders, and the explosion of the space shuttle Columbia. All notorious, all nefarious. And uh, all possibly, possibly, maybe related to Richard Feynman. In some and, and once again, it's worth, it's worth um, explaining further that th- this book, that came out only it, it, it's not a, a set thing no you know, this is not this does not constitute an accusation or um anything of that nature it's, it's just you know it's asking questions interesting really. coincidences that that add up um so what do you think it is kai what do you what do you think the answer is here well i do find obviously we know about uh we know about that richard Feynman, famous anti-union uh so it makes sense that he would want to get rid of jimmy hoffa um, and we know his we know his thoughts on the Irish, um, obviously. It's true. Um, uh, Black Dahlia murders. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to touch those. Um, D.B. Cooper. Um, very interesting. But frankly, the most interesting one, and one that I think deserves a book if it was true, was the explosion of the space shuttle Columbia. Um, as you said before the break, the fact that Richard Feynman was in, was on the uh, committee that tried to discover what the problems with the uh, space shuttle Columbia what those problems were and why it exploded. The fact that he was on the committee, on the detective force that was investigating this uh, this incident uh, really calls that into question, really makes this a very interesting uh, interesting mystery. It certainly does make it an interesting mystery. Um, but the answer is, and I, I don't want to say what my thought is because I've read the book. Mm. Um, the answer is uh, the D.B. Cooper airplane hijacking. Fascinating. And this is... Of, I wouldn't put it past him. And this, of, of course, was an event that occurred... Um, uh, wherein an individual who identified themselves as D.B. Cooper mm-hmm. um, entered into a, uh, a plane with a— A Boeing 727. Uh, with an, a uh, firearm, mm-hmm. uh, demanded cash be uh, placed on a runway where he could pick it up. Mm-hmm. The plane was then taken over a forest, and uh, the mysterious D.B. Cooper took a parachute and jumped out of the plane with the money. Never to be seen again. Uh, neither him nor the money. 
Um, there, there is, however, a sketch available, I believe. There is. Um, and so uh, uh, there is also uh, a picture of uh, Richard Feynman here. So here's the picture of Richard Feynman. Mm-hmm. And here's the picture of – The uh, sketch of uh, D.B. Cooper. So we're not saying – again, this is not evidence per se – it's not a. It's not an open and shut case. It's an interesting coincidence. Yes, and you How know what? The um, sort of the jester king of um, of science and yeah, physics, as physics. he was. Uh, who who's to say? Who? Like I said before, I wouldn't put it past him. So we return now to our uh, our episode today, uh, focusing in, on infosecond in, encryption. 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 Uh, the other crypto. Yes. Um, and with that, again, uh, I think a big focus of this is it is T minus four to H O G hog con taking place on Groundhog's day, which is this Tuesday, February 4th. Um, we're only about four days away from that. That's true. That's true. And there are a lot of exciting things that are going to be happening, um, at hog con in hog con. And this year, the focus for hog con is encryption. Uh, so what a perfect time to talk it talk about it to yes. to bring it up so obviously we're not we we i will be going to hogcon as a as a tech brothers representative rowan i hope to see you there i think i will be at the very least coming to see the booth um mm-hmm. that the simon have, booth. that we have set up over there and and that's a very it's exciting thing in its own its own way right and we want to just talk about the things that you could look forward to again it's an entirely free event it is non-centralized there's it's going to be great this year um i hear um, uh, we, you know, um, some have said that it will be great. Some, some have said, some in this room have said that it's going to be great. Um, so we just wanted to talk about uh, what you should expect if you want, we're going to head over to HogCon this year, um, which, as I said, will be at the your the closest Groundhog's Day celebration to you. Any Groundhog's Day is going to have some HogCon. Um, so obviously, the first thing that, to talk about are the talks. HogCon, there's lots of different talks. Um. And so I just wanted to go through some of the uh, some of some of the notable hackers and infosec personnel who will be giving given talk giving talks. And and of course it's um, it talks both physically and in the form of uh, uh, virtual sort mm-hmm. of uh, uh, transmissions. And presumably, in, so, in some cases, these talks will be different messages that are left all around the internet that you'll have to find and, and solve for yourself. Because oh, hackers yeah. are just like that. Fascinating. Um. So so we got hoax or H 4 X. Um, that's one of the hawks. Uh, one of the talks that we're going to be uh, getting. The next one is uh, Poltergeist or P O L seven three R six three one five seven. Really big name. We got Limbo. We got L one M B O. We got Witcher. W one seven C H E R three R. We got Saber or five four B three R. And then I'm really excited about this one because we do have. W0RD3L or Wordle is going to be there. Uh, the one of the um, he seems to be some sort of bad boy. Yes, <laughs> Wordle's the a, ba- a bad boy among bad boys. Yes, yes, a true bad boy, a true hog amongst groundhogs. Um, so you know, if you if you heard your favorite, I, I sure hope your favorite is going to be is going to be there. So, what do these people do exactly? Um, they are uh, they are infosec infosec celebrities. And, and that entails. I'm sorry. I'm so new to this, Kai. Mm-hmm. I, I just. I'm curious what right. what this is. A, what this is about. Right. So. Uh, so let's take Witcher for example. Witcher famously uh, hacked uh, a plane. You got Saber. Saber hacked uh, electric vehicle. Right. 
Um, he got limbo, limbo hacked. Uh, one of those big dump I, I trucks. Think, I think I get it. I yeah. think I get it. Okay. Um, but yeah, they're, they're all interesting in their own ways and they're all going to give talks. Um, but people don't just go to the, to, to, to hog con for the talks. They go there for the events. And what's great about the hog con events, um, are that really it's just about fun. It's about, it's about hackers and infosec people coming together and having some fun, challenging themselves and each other. And, uh, well, it always so happens to be sort of a, uh, they try to stay as in the moment, in the zeitgeist, um, as topical as possible. Well, it's sort of the YOLO men- mentality, right? Yeah. The, um, the, the sort of the, the, the joie de vivre. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, oftentimes we talk about um, how, um, how sexy a certain field of science is, right. you know, be it uh, geomagnetic magnetism mm-hmm. or, um, you know, channeling or, or uh, trees. Astrophysics. Um, you know, Masons. Um, hackers are historically considered one of the sexier sciences. Yeah. Um, but it's also things, one of the most jubilant sciences. You've uh-huh. heard of you've heard of the miserable sciences, mm-hmm. you've heard of the gay sciences. This is uh, also a jubilant science. Right. It's a science where people they like to have fun. Uh, a good hacker a work a good hacker never works a day in their life because they're having fun the whole time. So what what are these events? Uh, a good hacker never commits a crime uh, in all their life because it's not a crime if you're having fun doing it. Um, so the first event, um, and this is just goes without saying is the get him to the hog. Mm-hmm. We, w- they will be trying to get Bill Murray to one of several in-person hog events this year. They were able to get him to the meta last year. Um, they hijacked his phone and, and got him, got him right in there, uh, right into Fortnite. But, um, but this year they hope to, uh, they hope to get him to one of the, the in-person ones that are starting up again. Um, so that's the, the first one. The next one is, uh, again, a tradition that is the stealing of the groundhog. Um, now, the next one's going to be interesting because, again, something that I think a lot of people have been very you know, interested in uh, more recently is Wordle. I have not heard of Wordle. Well, Wordle's a fun game you can play with your friends, and it's about words, um, five-letter ones to be specific. Hmm. Um, so there are, several, there are several events that are planned that are based around the, uh, the game I prefer a four-letter word with friends. Um, well, uh, that's why you're not a hacker here, Rowan. Um, so we got Recursive Wordle. Right. Recursive Wordle. Um, it's about loops, really. Yeah, 4D Wordle. Mm. This takes in, into consideration time. Time is the fourth dimension. Some also call it time-traveling Wordle. You got Hurdle. And this is sort of like a... a, a it's, it's a mixture between, uh, between running, running a track, like running around a track, and a Wordle. Okay. You've got Curdle. Uh-huh. Uh, this, is, uh, this is about milk. It's a Wordle with milk. Okay. That's a four-letter word. Milk? Yeah. Yeah. It's milks is a five-letter word, though. Um, and then, of course, you've got Eldro, which is reverse wordle. I've, I've, I'm, 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 I'm getting, I, I, think, I think I get it, Kai. I think there's a lot of wordle content going to be at Hong well, Kong there's one that there's, there's one more that has nothing to do with wordle. And what's that? Well, uh, they've decided to put on a Squid Games. <laughs> so these attendees, let's talk about these attendees. Let's talk attendees. about the attendees, yeah. Um, so as you know, organizations and people... Not only will people be there just to hang out and be hackers with each other, um, but there's going to be organizations there talking about what they're doing in the in the infosec community. Um, the first big one is one I think I, I hear that you're really excited about, uh, Rowan, and this is again a staple. Um, everybody comes and is super excited to see what Cyberclamp 
is doing uh, this year. Oh, that's right. I, and, you know, because I um, when you were uh, indisposed, I was very happy to have a representative from CyberClamp come on and talk about their uh, their service that they provide, mm-hmm. their identity protection services. Um, yeah. and, 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 and they, by all accounts, seem to do uh, quite a vigorous, quite a thorough job. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year, um, it's uh, they're bringing back, uh, and once again, according to what the materials I've been reading, I've uh-huh. never attended. But apparently, they like to flog cyber criminals, um, uh-huh. throw them in a stockade of sorts. Yeah, and um, they plan on doing it again this year. Um, and apparently, uh, for a nominal uh, Bitcoin fee, mm-hmm. you can take out your frustrations. Um, on a as someone who perhaps stole an old lady's credit card number and that's just excellent or uh you know um found a way to post spam replies in a reddit thread some you know mm-hmm. uh, something that necessitated them uh being treated in such a manner yeah and and <clears throat> so the question always is who watches the the hackers who watches the watchmen and it is in fact cyberclamp and they're making sure they pay for their crimes that's fair. <laughs> And of course, we got Tech Brothers Labs. Tech Brothers Labs, um, we're going to have a booth there, um, and we're super excited about what we're unveiling there. It is HTTPSX. Now, HTTPSX is, you might have heard of HTTPS? Uh, I've seen it um, in my, uh, when I go to put in a website, I yeah? see it there. Well, this is more secure than HTTPS. Um, we are using, we are adding the X there for sort of an extreme value. It is more extreme than HTTPS, which stands for Hypertext uh, Hypertext Protocol Secure. Um, and the X, of course, stands for extreme. Mm. It's more secure. It uses quantum pings between websites to, to really make sure that, you know, your website is encrypted um, when you go to it and when it sends you information. Um, so think about, uh, think about the Earth. The right. Earth is a website. Think of that behind a lock. That's HTTPS. Mm-hmm. Now think about that whole setup in a cage. And if you're watching the Twitch and you're having a hard time sort of visualizing that, then here's a sort of visualization. Right. We have we have that pulled up. Excellent. Well, yeah. So it's the Earth locked in a cage. So uh, Simon Amy has an interesting uh, new thing to mm. reveal. Something that I, well, I have not been a part of. I have uh, certainly know the people involved in it. And so that is, Simon course, Amy is a is a wellness expert. Simon Amy is a wellness expert, a guru, um, a teacher, uh-huh. a wandering a medicine man, a mentor of all, um, a lover to many. <laughs> Um, but he is a uh, um, he and his associated labs um, are on the cutting edge of uh, spirit science um, as well as sort of other biological and um, wellness based uh, technologies. Mm-hmm. And what they have, we have to unveil at HogCon this year is something that a lot of people I think are worried about, especially mm-hmm. with. Um, regards to viruses out there mm-hmm. and that is dna encryption um Interesting. It, it's it's quite simple um you know with crispr mm-hmm. um you can enzymatically go into dna strands even um sort of germ uh, dna strands mm-hmm. um and insert nucleotides and by putting these nucleotides into your DNA, you are adding dummy data, which is essentially encrypting both not just your genome, but any genes that you might pass on to your descendants. Interesting. So if somebody tries to take, say, a, a DNA sample 
um, of you, they'll have really a hard time deducing exactly what's going on there. Right, exactly. It might come up as, you know, lamb DNA, um, beef DNA. It might come up as uh, as a tulip or something. It might come up as sort of like a, uh, the DNA from some uh, some uh, in-between animal. And of of course, what I, I think what everyone's waiting for and what I hope comes forward, because they keep all this stuff under wraps, mm-hmm. I'm not with, you're not working on it, and that is decryption. Uh, right now, we, we have not been able to, um, from what I understand, they have not been able to decrypt the DNA so after maybe, it has been uh, encrypted. So maybe at HogCon, that, that might be what they're coming out it, with? It's a possibility. It's an interesting possibility. Okay. Um, and then finally, uh, a little organization called Gray Hog Collective. They've been they've been with the uh, with the group with HogCon um, every single year since you know since the early, mid '90s. Um, so it's great to see what they have um, every single year, and they sort of have a, a, a an interesting take on what they add to the uh, the hacker and infosec world. They don't see themselves as really um, as really they're not on either side. They're not black hat hoggers. They're not white hat hoggers. Mm-hmm. They're really in that gray hat area where they're they're just in it for the love of the game. Right. Um, so this year uh, they're unveiling a new encryption uh, encryption software, and that is um, that is subscription ransomware. Wow. So think about ransomware. Ransomware is of course uh, holding files and systems at ransom. So you know on your computer, uh, a somebody gets into it, they're able to hold everything sort of at ransom until you pay some amount of money, perhaps in a in a non-traceable currency to them um, to get your files back. And this is usually in the form of a program that installs itself on your computer um, exactly. and, and, and does exactly that. Um, but, but the big thing is, now that everything, we're no longer, we're no longer dealing in, in just commodities anymore. Mm-hmm. We're dealing in services. It's more of a service industry now. Mm. So the, the revolution that Greyhawk Collective has, uh, has engineered was subscription ransomware mm-hmm. where instead of just uh just paying the money and having that go away it's asking users to pay a monthly fee just to get access to your files so in a way they're sort of taking um cues from things like adobe like adobe like uh, amazon netflix it's some some consider it to be the, the netflix of uh, of malware yes and, and, and so it seems as though finally kicking and screaming hacking is entering the modern modern age yes finally <laughs> So, um, yeah, um, we all, uh, I will be in attendance. I know mm-hmm. you will be I'll in be attendance. attendance yeah. um, I don't know if we'll manage, we'll have time to meet up necessarily. Mm, yeah, probably not. Probably not. We might not even be at the same hug. Uh, it's it's actually very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is, uh, that has been um, encryption, uh-huh. uh, the other crypto. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I think it is time for us to move on to the citizen science. And that is, of course, Mm -hmm. citizen science is where we take from the internet, uh, citizen scientists out there. Those are everyday average people that may not necessarily even have degrees, but they're doing science still. They're making theories, they're doing experiments and they come back with some wisdom. We just want to share that. Well, so why don't you share with us the wisdom, uh, this time around? All right. All right. So this is from a this is from a uh, an attorney this time on the website twitter.com science on twitter the most reputable science Does anyone know and this is this is the science Sometimes science comes in the form of a, que- of a question It starts off as a question every single time Does anyone know if anyone has determined if the jab is affecting blood alcohol content for people charged with DWI it is an interesting question to ponder considering the changes we have seen in the blood. 
And the jab, of course, referring to here the um, the vaccine that is being uh, rolled out to combat our uh, pandemic that we are going through still. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it is an interesting question. I think it really it really does um, because, in a sense, if you giving blood means that one you can you are more susceptible to being drunk um, to uh, you know being in in uh, incapacitated. Uh-huh. Perhaps having something put in would also change that. Mm-hmm. It's worth thinking about. It truly is worth thinking about, and um, and yeah, I think I I give them a thumbs up. This researcher a thumbs up just for asking questions. Well, you know, hopefully we can have a set of twins, one with the vaccine, one without the vaccine, one born with the vaccine, one born without. And the then vaccine. we we could you know perhaps give both of them the same amount of uh, liquor, maybe sort of half a handle of vodka each, uh-huh. and then um, set them out in the wild in some vehicles and and see what happens. Uh-huh. I think that would be the way to uh, settle this once and for all. I will. I'm going to quote close this uh, show on a quote, as I always do, by a famous person in the science and technology uh, areas, this time by a notable person in the InfoSec community, that being John McAfee himself. John McAfee the dyer. John, I, sure, yeah. Um, And this is is a quote that uh, has been attributed to John McAfee. He he said it several times, and I believe one year he went to HogCon and said this to, uh, to the groundhog. Any idiot can make money, keep making money, very few can do. And it just shows the way that John McAfee thought and spoke, sort of like a sagely Yoda figure. And the uh, the curse that would uh, later on go to uh, to end him. The, yes, the curse, the curse that was inflicted on him by uh, Richard Stallman. By Richard Stallman. Eureka Casanau is meticulously researched, produced, and presented with the support of Tech Brothers New Media Labs in Chicago, Illinois. We are broadcast every Saturday evening, 8 to 9 p.m. CST on WLPN LP 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio and simulcast live on twitch.tv slash Lumpen Radio at that same time. If you'd like to get in contact with us, please follow us at EurekaCast on Twitter and Instagram and visit our website at EurekaCast.org. But I believe we have some other social media. Isn't that right, Rowan? We do. Um, if you feel like it and are on Facebook, we, we can be found at Facebook.com slash EurekaCast. Or if you'd rather send an electronic mail, that can be done to EurekaCastNow at gmail.com. There, you can share with us any technological, scientific, or spiritual breakthroughs you've witnessed or participated in. Or, if you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the program, you can also reach out at that email, which is once again, EurekaCastNow at gmail.com. And with that, Chicago, allow us here at EurekaCastNow to end this transmission and forever keep our secrets amongst ourselves. See you at the hog.